Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Hour two of the program underway now. Uh, pleased to be joined by the play-by-play voice of the Salt Lake Bees, as well as the Weaver State Wildcats, Steve Klauke. Steve, how are you, sir? Good, Jake. Uh, unfortunate circumstances for me to be on the program, but uh, happy to be with you. Absolutely. I appreciate you carving out some time for us. I know you got a game coming up tonight, Game 3 of the series between the Round Rock Express and the Salt Lake Bees. I want to get your thoughts on that here in a moment, but let's start off with the news at hand. Obviously, the tragic passing of Mark Eaton. Uh, it sounds like overnight is when everything went down, broke earlier this morning. But, Steve, you've been in this market for a really long time. I just kind of had to throw you a softball here off the top. What are your memories, your interactions, just your overall thoughts on the life and legacy of Mark Eaton? Well, you know, he, he is the Renaissance man uh, from the standpoint, you know, uh, a guy who uh, was discovered underneath the car working uh, as a mechanic because that's something he loved to do and eventually turned basketball into a, uh, a livelihood for him that led to him being a restaurateur, motivational speaker, uh, author, uh, just an all-around kind of guy and just uh, uh, the kind of guy who treated everybody the same. It was really interesting when I first came in 1991. Uh, he was really the, the, the one, one of the players on the Jazz that uh, kind of taught me the ropes on how to be around the team, what you should do, and he was always grateful. Matter of fact, we were sitting, it was funny, we were sitting poolside at the hotel in Los Angeles because uh, my first ever road trip with the Jazz was uh, the uh, time we were playing the Clippers in the playoffs and got uh, you know holed up in our hotel during the uh, Rodney yeah. King riots and uh, and you know, we just got to talking and uh, uh, it was one of those things where he just kind of said you know uh, just to let you know the players really respect you because you're the first radio guy we've ever had that would actually come to practice and so I thought that was that was kind of neat and, and I think it was the next morning uh, he's having breakfast with uh, John Stockton and uh, the. Uh, PR guy Kim Turner, and I'm I'm going to go sit at the coffee shop as well to have breakfast. Uh, go sit at the table by myself, and Mark waves me over and says, "Hey, come join us." And of course, John kind of got a look of panic on his face, like, "Wait a minute, you're having a media guy come over and join us for breakfast?" But uh, all in all, it was great, and that was the kind of guy Mark was. He didn't he didn't see uh, you know differences in people. He was a guy that uh, you know didn't care how much you made or or, or what you look like. It was one of those guys that just. Uh, it was fun and interesting to be around even you know after his playing career had a chance to was about two months ago three months ago uh to have lunch with uh, mark and thurl and frank Layden and some of the old media guys people like dick rosetta and steve brown and uh, just had a nice lunch uh, at uh, tuscany even though the restaurant wasn't open mark sure we made sure it was open for us to have lunch on that given day and it was just li- fun listening to the the stories from uh, those days See, and that's the thing about it, Steve, is you have a frame of reference that my earliest memories of the Utah Jazz are from my very young childhood watching the tail end of Mark's career with the Utah Jazz. But me growing up here in Utah, I'm born and raised Utah, I know about Tuscany. I know about his being a motivational speaker. I knew he was a fixture up there in Summit County in the greater Park City area. You could see him at any given time, it felt like, whether he was riding his bike, riding a horse somewhere. He just did so much. I, I think Renaissance Man is the perfect phrase for who Mark Eaton was. And when you c- consider the kind of the entirety of his life now, 
where he came from, he had a coach who really convinced him, hey, continue to give basketball a try, even though he was being a mechanic at that time. Just mm-hmm. an absolutely incredible story to consider. Exactly. And again, he loved being a mechanic. He wasn't sure mm-hmm. about basketball. I don't know that early on he actually not even liked the game. He certainly didn't love the game. Yeah. It's something that kind of grew on him over time. And obviously, you know, it opened a lot of doors for him to do other things. And so it was one of those things that he was grateful for the opportunity uh, to play basketball. You know, it's interesting, too. He always had a, you know, a wide variety of people that he was around. A great example was uh, just this week. I mean, Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday night, he was in Chicago. Uh, to see the White Sox play the Cardinals, but not really so much to see the White Sox play the Cardinals. It was uh, he had befriended somewhere along the line the umpire Joe West, mm-hmm. who on Wednesday night set the record for the most games umpired in the major leagues in in, in history. And he's there at a party, and he's there with. Uh, Paul Krause, the former Minnesota Vikings uh, defensive back, Jim McMahon was there, some other celebrities from the sports world were there, and it's just yeah, amazing how he uh, got was able to connect and make all these friendships with people. But then again, it wasn't all that amazing because of the guy, kind of guy that he, he was. Uh, so you, you've kind of mentioned a lot of his you know, off-the-court kinds of things. We know that his number is retired here in the rafters for his on-the-court uh, contributions. But what would you say, in your mind or in your opinion, would be his, what, what was his most impactful contribution off the court? Oh boy, that's that's a tough one because he he was involved in a lot of uh, charity work in town that uh, a lot of us probably don't know half of. Uh, uh, he he was a guy that was a uh, a pillar of the community, willing to help out when needed, uh, and it was one of those things where uh, you know if you needed uh, the quote unquote celebrity to help out a cause, he he was there. But he would more than just show up; he would be you know seriously involved in whatever it was he was doing, and so. Uh, that kind of person is uh, few and far between, and it was uh, uh, always uh, fun to see him, regardless of uh, where we were at the time, to to run into Mark and talk with him and all that. And he was just an, an, an amazing person from that standpoint. I, I'm still stunned, Steve, that you were the first radio guy to show up to practice. I would have thought that. Yeah, that was him. It used to be practices. It was uh, it was, you know, the two beat writers, uh-huh. Steve Loom and uh, whoever was with the, the D News at the time. And uh, I guess my predecessors on the show really didn't uh, uh, do that kind of thing. And uh, I just, uh, at the time, I didn't think it was a big deal. But uh, Mark, uh, you know, obviously told me that uh, apparently it was. So it was, uh, you know, it was great to hear. And he was a big supporter of the ball club when baseball came here, too. He yeah. befriended the. Uh, our owner, Joe Buses, at the time, he had a couple, for a couple of years there, he had a Mark Eaton celebrity softball game uh, at uh, what is now Smith's Ballpark. He would uh, usually beforehand, when we were at home, would uh, come up to the booth a couple of times and promote it. And then, of course, the game itself would always be played when the team was on the road. So I never got to see any of these celebrity softball games. But he was in, involved and had a, you know, raised a lot of money for charity with these softball games. Yeah, Steve... You obviously, you, when you first got here, you said it was ninety. It was ninety one when you came? Is that right? Ninety one, yeah. Yeah. So you've been here, yeah. Wow, three decades. Is that is that three decades this year? Then it'll be yeah, it'll be it'll be thirty years uh, in August. And it turns out that my first year here was the was Mark's last year in the NBA because of the back problems that, yeah. that forced him to retire. Jeez, that's it's crazy to consider, Steve, because you've been a. Uh, I'll be honest, a soundtrack part of my growing up years here i can tell you that much i've listened to many a bees game with you over the years but it's it's incredible just to consider uh the impact that mark had just on the community at large because we've been seeing people on twitter and on social media as we've gotten ready for today's show 
very few people had maybe more than one interaction with him. But I think to a person, they would all say that they never felt like he big time them. Obviously, he loomed over you because he was the biggest human being that most people probably ever met at seven foot four. But he was never above talking and just letting people know that he actually genuinely cared about them. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was, it was always interesting over the years. Uh, the late Dave Blackwell and I would be on remote, and uh, Mark would be uh, a guest at the remote on a regular basis, whether it be uh, a granite furniture up in, in uh, Layton or uh, the old Incredible Universe down here in, in Sandy and all, all right, that. Yeah. Everybody, and even Dave to a certain extent, would uh, make uh, comments in regards to his height, and I'm thinking to myself, He's probably heard all of this and is sick of it, but he he let it roll off his back, I guess, because he he never you know didn't wince or he, he didn't you know snap back and say enough's enough uh, about these height jokes and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, the way he handled it, uh, I guess the way he handled his height was uh, was uh, 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 unbelievable because I, I I certainly would have gotten tired of it uh, early on. You know, on the floor. You could almost say that Mark was partially responsible for John Stockton setting the steals record because John could take more chances going for the steal, knowing that he had the big eraser in the paint. That's I mean, there was no, you yeah. know, they had the illegal defenses, but as sure. a whole, Mark could uh, protect the rim as, as well as anybody, and so he was a guy that uh, they could count on if they made a mistake or if they went for the steal and didn't get it, he'd be there to make up for their uh, mistakes. Well, I said I think that's funny enough that we we talk you talk about that, but we also look at the current jazz uh, with Rudy Gobert. Obviously, there have been multiple jazz players who have said I can be more aggressive on defense simply due to the fact that Rudy's there as a deterrent for anybody who may get past their guy. Exactly, exactly, and that's uh, you know it was funny because uh, uh, Coach Sloan always used to talk about the fact that uh, you know most teams would try to funnel opposing offenses to the baselines to make it more difficult to score. But the Jazz defensively, philosophically, was to try to force him into the middle so they'd have to run into Mark. And so he might have had you know, several thousand block shots, whatever that total was, but the same case with Rudy, the number of altered shots mm-hmm. is probably three times as much. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Steve, tonight the Salt Lake Bees are back in action. Uh, they've lost the first two games to the Round Rock Express. What can we expect tonight at the ballpark? Well, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Max Stassi on our injury rehab assignment from the Angels will probably be in the lineup again. Uh, Kean Wong, who had hit safely in 16 of the first 17 games, he got called up today, so he won't be at second base. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Round Rock is a, a team, the Texas Rangers AAA affiliate, that's played well so far, even though they came into Salt Lake with a five-game losing streak, and the Bees had won four in a row. But for some reason, it looks like the Bees have left their bats in Las Vegas, only scoring four runs in the in the first two games of this series combined. After I don't think they scored as low as four in any of the six games that were played in Las Vegas. So hopefully the bats will come alive. It's military appreciation night tonight, so it should be a, a great night at the ballpark. Looks like the weather's going to cooperate as well. So uh, hopefully uh, the bees can get back on track with the W here tonight because uh, going into this series, they were at 500 and haven't had a winning record since they were 1-0 after opening day of 2019. Jeez, okay. <laughs> Steve, with the, with the game coming up tonight and the bees finally back in action after the last year off. Um, you know, Salt Lake has seen a lot of, you know, good players, big names come through, most notably Mike Trout. Uh, who on this current roster right now would you say is the, the most standout name that, that people should take note of? 
I would say there's one A and one B, and that's Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh, two of the top prospects, not only in the Angels organization, but in all of minor league baseball. Uh, Joe just had an unbelievable series uh, in Las Vegas, six homers, ten runs batted in in six games. Uh, Brandon Marsh has been struggling a little bit of late, but he got a late start to the season due to a, a shoulder problem that caused him to spend time at extended spring training. So those are the two guys I think uh, are going to be uh, parts, big parts of the future for the Angels. Matter of fact, Adele did spend some time all of 2020, but struggled with a few things. And Joe Madden, the Angels manager, had him sent down to minor league camp early this year, so he knew that he had a lot to work on, particularly on the defensive end. He made some spectacular catches in Las Vegas, but sometimes struggles with his throws. And, you know, to be able to play uh, outfield in the major leagues, you've got to be able to do all. And, uh, and Madden has already said, despite Joe having a hot bat of late, they're going to be very patient and bring him along slowly. There's no rush to bring him up to the big A yet. Steve, I'm going to steal a question from David James that he was talking about earlier this week on DJ and PK in the morning. But at the major league level, he he said that that he feels like there have been a lot more injuries through this early part of the MLB season so far. He said he didn't have any science to back it up. Have you noticed anything of that uh, in that in regards to that trend, or is it about average for what you've experienced? I, I think it's it's a trend, but it's not just this year. I think maybe over the last four or five years and. You know, there are going to be some people uh, who are employed in this uh, line of work that probably won't like what I'm going to say. But in the 27 seasons now that I've been with uh, the Salt Lake baseball team, uh, the biggest difference is there have been more injuries since the addition of strength and conditioning coaches than we had before. I'm not so sure that, uh, I mean, they have their ideas, but I'm not so sure what their ideas are, are coexist with baseball. Baseball is a game of flexibility, not a, uh, a game of strength. Ernie Banks you know, wasn't uh, a built guy. He was slender, but he had great wrist. Hank Aaron, great wrist, mm-hmm. flexibility, and that's where they generated their power. They didn't generate their power with muscles. And I think uh, the emphasis on strength and conditioning, while it has its benefits, I think is being done the wrong way at, at, in baseball, and it's causing more and more injuries. Interesting. That's something I hadn't really considered. But you think about it, there in the I guess in the last twenty years is really when guys have started to really bulk up. If we're being honest with ourselves, yeah, both honestly and dishonestly. Sure, but yeah. I know that uh, <laughs> I know at our level, it's been what only about ten, twelve years since uh, they've had strength and conditioning coaches at AAA. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, that's where I, I think I see more injuries. Uh, I, I, I actually, thinking on it, just kind of you mentioning that, I'm thinking back, I'm like, well, my early years growing up, I watched guys like Ken Griffey, who he didn't seemingly change his body physique at all his entire career. And pretty wiry dude, and that's kind of the, kind of the, it was kind of the body type for an MLB player for many, many years. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 uh, uh, when they say that the guys are muscling up on a ball, I mean, Shohei Otani's built, don't get me wrong, yes. but uh, here's a guy that he's got the, you know, uh, the flexibility that you need, the way they teach it maybe uh, in Japan, and that's why it was it the other day he hit the hardest ball in mm-hmm. the history of the uh, stat cast where they, I think his home run to right field. Uh, not only was it uh, measured at 117 miles per hour for exit velocity, but it made it from the bat to the stands in three and a half seconds. So that was a missile that he hit the other night. Absolutely incredible. Well, Steve, I can't thank you enough for carving out some time for us today. I know you got a lot on your plate, but uh, they'll be able to hear you tonight. Uh, I believe 6.30 is when you guys go live here on The Zone. Is that correct? 6.30 indeed. And then uh, 
uh, uh, rarity back-to-back day games tomorrow and Monday. So come on out and enjoy the sun uh, on Sunday and Monday as well. Again, the uh, whole ballpark is open uh, seating now with uh, uh, the COVID restrictions relaxed. And so just to go to slbs.com to, to get the tickets and uh, come on out and uh, enjoy the uh, the great uh, summer-like weather we're going to have the next few days. I'm going to have to get my kids. My kids love going to the ballpark and maybe there on Monday. I'm going to have to come say hi to you. Sounds good. All right, Steve, thank you again for taking some time to join us. Appreciate it, guys. There you go, Steve Clauk. He can't thank him enough for taking some time on a busy Saturday for him to join us. Had a blast talking about his memories of Mark Eaton, obviously. If you guys do have an opportunity, get out there. The ballpark this time of year, as it starts to really get warm, we're going to be in the 80s for the next few days. I think it gets to the 90s next week. You can't beat the weather at Smith's ballpark this time of year. It's hard to beat anything about Smith's ballpark. I mean... You know, just the view, the the environment, just the feel of everything. It's it's one of my favorite venues for any sport that I've ever been to. I'm right there with you. So if you have a chance, get out and enjoy the game. Like Steve said, go to slbs.com, get your tickets. Uh, they've opened it to full capacity crowds. It should be a fun time and encourage you guys, if you have an opportunity to get out to the ballpark, please do so. All right, we will take a break here. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get to our five minutes of, but we'll also continue to reflect on the life and legacy of Mark Eaton. If you guys have your memories, your interactions with you, you'd like to share with us, Feel free to weigh in, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-9663. Feel free to use the Zone app as well. Record your 15 seconds, your thoughts on him via the open mic feature. Send those in or interact with us via social media. Lundy, where can they find you? I'm at 247Lundy on Twitter. That's 247-L-U-N-D-Y. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. It's my formal given name. I couldn't get Jake Hatch because somebody's parked on that Twitter handle. I'll, I'll get it one day. Anyways, in the meantime, we'll be back on the other side. Five minutes of, we're going to talk a little bit about Saki. We'll explain next. This is the Saturday Show.